Hello, welcome to Studio Talks. My name's James Swift. I'm Joshua Norton, and our guest today is... I'm Peter Wrighthouse. Hey, Peter, are you okay? I'm very well, thank you, yeah. Good. How are you doing in the lockdown? Um, what advice do you have for people? It's been not too bad for me because I've, I've been working throughout. It's been slightly different uh, because I've been going to work three days a week and trying to get all my work done in, in three days. It's A lot of people have been working from home, but mm. even I work on computers, uh, the system that I work on is it, it's, it's totally secure, so you can't get at it from the internet. Right. So I'm still having to go to work, but working in a, a deserted office, so I'm getting loads more work done, and also having two days at home. So it's been, it's been manageable for me. I know some people have been cooped up all the whole time. Uh, which can't, can't have been easy but uh, for me it's, it's not been too bad and the two days that I have been at home instead of at work I've tried to make the most of doing well catching up on books and things like that which I've meant to read for a long time and mm. it's it sort of gives you a chance to relax at home without feeling guilty about it normally I think most of us rush around like headless chickens all week and probably work a little bit too much in the life work balance isn't always in favour of your home life i've seen it as a little bit of a, an opportunity really to, to catch up on some stuff at home without worrying that i should be out somewhere doing something else so oh, in in terms of working alone i mean yeah. how how has that been has it been scary or, or just lonely or whatever it's not been too bad the office where i work normally has about 80 people in it and right. there's when i've been going in there's been two so it's totally different but uh, to be honest i've i've when you're busy uh, you're busy and uh, i found it quite good of actually you know less interruptions the phone's not going that sort of thing so it's, it's been all right really yeah how did you get involved in the studio on the street well the first time i ever went to the studio was to go to a gig actually um a band called the uk subs um i think it was about 2010 if i remember correctly and oh, cool. The old, no, it would have been 2012, I think. Right. Okay. Uh, so the studio started putting on gigs, and uh, one of my favourite bands, the UK Subs, were playing. And uh, a band called The Last Gang in Town were supporting them, who, who right. funnily enough, uh, my son Toby now uh, does some drumming for them. Uh, so that was the first time I ever actually went into the studio, and it's, it's probably physically pretty much the same today, but then obviously after that, uh, there was a thing called Access All Areas, I think it was called, which is like a yeah. summer a music school during the summer, which the, the kids, uh, Toby and Mia, both went to. I think Steve, who's still at the studio, he was involved, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and a couple of other guys who uh, yeah. were re- really good. And they spent a lot of time, you know, teaching the kids not just instruments, but how to use the equipment and that sort of thing. That's and I remember cool. asking... Uh, if I could stay, but I was too old at the time. I think yeah, 18 was the, the, the limit. If I remember correctly, I think a lot of a lot of people was like, this. if only this was for like adults as well as kids, because I know that it was yeah. that specific year was such a big year for, for the, the history of the studio of what it is now. So what is your uh, history with music? I've always been a massive fan. I must, I, I, I'm probably more of a listener than a player. I do play a little bit, played played the guitar since I was uh, about 15, I think. Uh, but uh, my real interest in music, I like to collect records. And um, I, was lo- I was lucky in that I was a teenager when 
uh, music really exploded. Punk rock came uh, became a thing. The Sex Pistols and the Clash and all that sort of uh, all those bands. And I was very lucky that I was just as I was getting into music, that was all happening. And where I lived at the time, I grew up in uh, Blackburn in Lancashire, and there was a really good venue called King George's Hall, which cottoned on to punk really quickly and had all the bands, Susie and the Banshees, Sham 69, uh, Buscocks, The Clash, people like that. So I had a chance to go and see them That's at cool. a young age, probably uh, probably got in a few gigs uh, younger than I should have done. But that that sort of, that was my introduction and, and I've been hooked ever since. I then moved to Liverpool in 1982 uh, when there's a club called Eric's, uh, which you may have heard of. Right. And again, it was it was like a pioneering place for all the new bands. Uh, so I spent uh, four years in Liverpool, again, watching bands. I then moved to London purely because there were so many gigs going on down there. And I lived down in London for about seven years and I, I was going to gigs like every other night. And it was down in London that I sort of I picked up playing the guitar again a little bit. And I joined a band called the Slug Pellets, who didn't have much success. Well, yeah, we, we, it was mainly a practice band, but uh, I started playing again then anyway, when I was down in London. And so I always loved going to gigs, basically, and playing as well. I mean, probably know I'm in a little band at the moment, uh, and we do play live gigs, but uh, I, I just uh, love going to watch live music. And uh, th- that's one of the biggest setbacks of the, uh, the lockdown is it's all it's all um, not happening at the moment and, it, and it's unlikely to happen again very soon. I don't think uh, it seems to be one of the the last activities that is going to be allowed. I think I know there's a lot of restrictions on singing in public and it's it's yeah, sad. Singing. It's it is sad. Very sad. But also, I mean, with the gigs that I tend to go to, you've got big crowds packed together in small spaces. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's just not going to be allowed for a while, I wouldn't have thought so. Um, yeah, I want to gig in February, because that was when it just started, didn't it? Like the corona. Mm. So it was not as packed as it normally would be, but it's, yeah. it's, still, it's still a lot of people. Yeah, but I think a lot, a lot of, even when it's allowed, a lot of people will stay away just because they're a little bit worried, you know. Exactly, yeah. Just to be a bit more cautious and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's it. Yeah, really, I'm, I'm more of a, a listener than a player, but um, mm. I do enjoy playing music as well. Where did the name, um, was it Slug Pellets, did you say? Slug Pellets. The Slug Pellets, yeah. where did that come from, if you don't mind me asking? I, I think we, we used to spend actually more time in the pub discussing the band name than we did actually practising. Mm. And uh, I think Rebellious Jukebox was one name. That's good. Onion that's Weed was another one. Mm. Uh, we, we ended up with the Slug Pellets, I don't know why, to be honest. It doesn't, it's not, not particularly uh, significant, we just thought it was a good sort of punky name. The reason I ask is because when I'm editing these podcasts, I, I listen back on people's like band names that they used to have, and some of them are really like it's such a shame that they didn't take off because yeah. it's such a good band name. Um, yeah, you know. well, it gets you noticed if you have a, if you have a, a name that yeah, people remember, then um, it, it just gives you more chance of uh, you know getting noticed. Yeah, what was the formation of What's Up Doc? It started off the, the, uh, Georgina, my wife. And a couple of uh, our friends, Gareth and Pete, were in a, a, a big ukulele band. And uh, basically, I think it got a bit too big, and they, and they were they were decided to they they it was getting a bit unwieldy. So they thought, oh, we'll have a little few pra- little practices on our own, just the three of them, to learn different songs. And that's because when you've got a big ukulele band, it's I think they just tend to play the same songs over and over again. People expect ukulele bands to play certain songs, you know, George Formby. So they fancied doing a bit of something different and they started practicing in our house. 
and uh, my guitar was up against the, the wall and took it down for a while so I got I got roped in and uh, persuaded to while they were practicing to just join in with the practice and then uh, that's it the rest is history I was I was uh, induced into the band yeah we, we do we were actually doing quite a few gigs before the lockdown pubs and uh, open mic played the Brindley a couple of times played the studio of course played the studio yeah, at, yeah. The, uh, at the acoustic night and the rock and bowl I think so it was, it was going all right and we do still practice we've had we've tried to do it through zoom but that was we found that difficult there was, there was a bit always a bit of a lag yeah so you know, someone's always behind uh, so at the moment we sort of get together we had a practice in the garden the other nights hopefully soon we have to get a proper practice uh, yeah it's, that's how it formed really mm. it, was, I was, it was an offshoot of another band and i got dragged in but i didn't mind it's, it's good it's, it's going well it's good fun it's uh, well we try to play a mix because gareth writes some really good songs so we've mm. got our own songs but we're always aware that when you're doing a gig if you just play all your own songs it's, it, it might it'd be a bit much the, 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 the audience like to hear songs that they know cover versions but we try to do cover versions that other bands don't do uh, mm. so we, we do ace of spades and we do yeah, um, yeah. psycho killer and the undertones and teenage kick stuff like that which is it's, you wouldn't mm. expect acoustic band to do so we, we try and do it a bit different hopefully it works definitely definitely does slightly off topic what what got you interested in working on radio oh the radio thing uh, yeah i do a punk rock radio show every friday night on halton community radio uh, to be honest i got i got sort of i, I was encouraged to do it by a, a friend who was already doing the radio the halton community radio is totally volunteer run and there's no professionals it's it's all they say it's uh, by the people for the people so anybody can have a go they were looking for something a bit different most of the shows on on hcr were either talk shows during the day or sort of down the middle of the road music uh, rock country stuff in the evening because I, I, well i did fancy the chance what i like doing is is if i discover a new band i like to tell other people about them and, and get them into it you know because like, like you were saying before bands deserve to be uh, heard you know there's a lot of great mm. bands who never get played on the radio and uh, so people miss them and then they just they just disband because they don't really get much success uh, so because i had a, a a big record collection i said yeah i'll, I'll give it. i was a bit nervous about doing the, the radio because it's live you know mm. it's not you, if, you, if you get something wrong it, it goes out live um so i was a little bit nervous at first but uh, and i made a few mistakes i must admit but uh, I, I just enjoy playing music but if some if one person rings up and say that's a new band i've never heard of before and i'm going to go out and listen to them and that that's been a, a show you know uh, well well done really uh, and i do three hours uh, every friday night so originally uh, a friend of mine called pete blackmore he was doing a show on a saturday and he said they had a spare slot he said just go and do it you'll, you'll have fun and uh, so he taught me how to use all the controls and the, and the equipment and that sort of thing uh, and uh, yeah, I've been doing it ever since. We've, we've, it goes out on the internet live as well, so people all over the world can hear it. I've had emails from Australia, uh, from India, from America. From that must be really um, inspiring to hear all of the world, if that makes sense. That must be really yeah. rewarding. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, you forget, you're sat up in a little studio up in, um, in Holton Village. And, mm. and and then somebody sends you an email from Australia, and you suddenly think, "Wow, yeah, that's that's fantastic!" And um, uh, yeah, and I say if 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 each show, if somebody just hears one song, which they think, "Oh, that's great! I've never heard that before," and then they go and um, uh, look into that band, and, and they sort of become one of their favourite bands, and that's that's what it's all about. So it's not it's not really a, a, the actual being a radio presenter 
is not the point of it for me. Actually, you know, the, the, mm. the music that, that's all about. And in terms of like local music, I mean, home community radio. I've always been very good at that, at, at giving everyone a chance. I mean, when we did we did a show for it, and lots of local music just playing. I really I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, um, well, I, I do try and get bands on when I can, you know, to come and talk mm. on the radio, and even play live. We've had. Uh, there's a band called Pete Bentham and the Dinner Ladies. Who yeah. Pete's, he's from Witness. And uh, so they've been on. Uh, a chap called Carl Moorcroft has been on. Uh, he's from Liverpool. And then we had, at Christmas, we had the Ponderosa Glee Boys, who originally, one of them, one of the guys was from Runcorn, one from Liverpool, uh, but they live in various parts. One of them lives in Australia now, but he came over at Christmas and we had them on. And I've had various bands from Manchester, uh, but yeah, if there's any local bands, it's, I'd like to get them in. The trouble is it's um, it, it's 10 till 1 on a Friday night, so then often they're out playing. Or, but, uh, if we can get them on, we do. Yeah, always open to uh, people who who are interested in coming on. Thank you. Uh, what advice would you give to people who want to work on radio? I would. I'd say if if they really, if they if you want to work on in radio, you've probably already got half the the skills that you need because you, you just need to want to do it. Uh, HCR is re- really good place to start and. Most of the shows, uh, well, a lot of the shows are uh, have dual presenters. So, that, so uh, you start off maybe being the second presenter uh, on a show, and uh, eventually work, work, maybe work your way up to being doing your. But if you've got an idea and you want to do a show, uh, you'll get trained up on on HCR because it's all volunteer um, run, and um, you can you basically you can start off with a half an hour show if you wanted, or say just a little slot in somebody else's show. Uh, even in my show, if, if if anyone wants to come on and they've got an interest in in punk, uh, then that will be a, um, a more than welcome to come along and, and just co-present. Um, and that's the way to do it. Just uh, there there are other um, community radio stations dotted about. I think there's one in Nosley. Uh, but uh, yeah, if if anybody's interested, uh, you 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 don't even have to go on the air if you don't want. You can go into the studio, um, learn how to use the controls and the equipment. And you don't even have to say anything if you don't want to straight away until you get your confidence up. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I'd, I'd say anyone who's interested, um, just give HCR a call or an email and uh, or get, or drop the name to me and I'd, I'd pass it on. Really? It's good fun. It's really good fun. And so before when you were talking about having like quite a big collection of uh, records, um, you yeah. obviously do a, a record store. What got you interested in like selling records? Well, well originally it was a... It was a a fairly sad reason because uh, I had a good friend who I met in Liverpool when I first moved there to go to uni in 1982 and uh, we stayed friends uh, well ever since then mainly because we liked exactly the same sort of music so we used to go to gigs together but um, a, a couple of years ago he passed away uh, but he left all his records to me and so he, he had a massive record collection and because we liked the same sort of uh, music uh, I, I, we had a lot of swaps, a lot of duplicates between us. So uh, the the records that I already had, I had started to sell, and uh, but basically all the money went to charity. Um, and it was quite good. It was sort of um, a labour of love to go through all his records, and a lot of them I was actually there when he bought them, or we talked about them, or we'd listened to them together. So uh, I, I kept a lot of them, 
but uh, all the ones that were duplicates, I, I um, did a record store, did it at the, at the studio actually, at the, at the, we did some record fairs there, and there was uh, some uh, the Sunday bazaars at the studio, uh, did some record fairs, I actually did some uh, record fairs in Liverpool as well, and I really enjoyed selling it, because so people come up and start talking about them, and uh, you know that they're going to somebody who enjoys that sort of music, so even though it was a, a sad um, thing that got me into it in the first place, uh, I've, re I've really enjoyed doing it and I've, what I need to do now is actually um, stock up again. So I've sold most of the vinyl. I've got lots of CDs left. People don't seem to buy CDs as much these days because you, you can just uh, use Spotify or whatever. Yeah. But the, the vinyl's still popular. Yeah, I didn't own the CD in years. digital. I yeah. buy. I always buy the CD if I know the songs, but if I really so I'll listen to it on Spotify and I'll go. I really enjoy this. I'm going to buy it if that makes sense. Um, I always think it's good to have a, a, a physical copy because if on Spotify yeah, or definitely. you download it onto your laptop or something, you forget about it. But if you've got a CD on the shelf, ten years time, you'll just go and pick it up and play it again. Records get deleted if they if they don't sell that well, but then they don't get repressed, and then they take it off Spotify, and then that's it. You've you've, you've had it then. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, of uh, physical media for, and also the bands get more money that way. They, they get virtually yeah. people playing Spotify. So yeah, keep buying, keep buying your CDs. Uh, where can people buy your records? Uh, well, at the moment, I just um, I haven't got an online um, account uh, for really selling them. There's, a, there's a, a website called Discogs. I don't know if you've ever come across that. That lists virtually every CD and uh, album that's ever been made and gives you a price. And you can sell them there. Um, but then that's like you, you have to mail individually over to, you know, to anywhere in the world. And, and it, it, it's probably only worth it if you've got loads and loads of stuff to sell. But uh, basically what I do is record fairs uh, and... Next time there is one at the studio, I'll probably be down there because uh, I'll have built up a little stock again by then. But uh, yeah, I haven't really got an online presence for selling the records. But um, I say I've got loads of CDs, so I'll bring them down as well next time. Um, I don't know whether this is actually relevant because you've just said that, but um, where, where can people find you online? Like the music that you do? Oh, well, in terms of the radio show, mm. I've got. Um, it, um, Mixcloud is. I've got loads and loads of shows up on Mixcloud. Really? So um, generally, I'll do the show, I'll record it, and then it'll go up on Mix Mixcloud uh, during the week if if it's been a good show. If, if I've uh, made a few mistakes, I sometimes won't put them up, but most of them are up there. Um, we've got Excellent. a Facebook page for the um, for the uh, radio show as well, so people can get in touch through that. It's called uh, HGR uh, Punk Rock Show. It's on Facebook and it's on Mixcloud, basically. Um, and HGR itself has got a, a website which you can uh, drop emails to that way, put requests in. Is there anywhere people can find uh, WhatsApp Doc online? Uh, we've got again, we've got Facebook uh, with a few videos up there um, yeah. and contact details, that sort of thing. Yeah. Excellent. And uh, cool. we've had a few bookings through that. Actually, people have um, gone on the website and seeing the videos and booked us on the strength of that so uh, yeah it uh, seems to be the way to go Facebook everyone, everyone seems to use Facebook these days don't they? I try to avoid it like actually 
going on the physical website, but I, I, I tried deleting it and within a couple of days put it back on. I think in the world of that, with music and stuff like that, I think you've yeah. got to kind of have it. Um, cool. Um, well, thank you for, for joining us today. It's been absolutely great. Um, it's been really I've fun. enjoyed it, yeah. Thank you. Cool. Been good, yeah. yeah. Um, Don't forget, if, if, uh, if you have anyone fancy to go on, on HCR, if you want to come and do a co-presenting slot, uh, just give us a shout. That's great. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Thanks Bye. very much. Enjoyed it. Bye. Thanks a lot.